0: Thanks for joining us on the That's Rather Cavalier podcast. Before we get to it, make sure you follow us wherever you get your audio podcasts. Just search FFSN That's Rather Cavalier. Give us a five-star rating on Apple and Spotify. Also, check out our Cash shorts on the Nordau's YouTube channel. Now let's get to it. up Y'all, it is time for another episode of That's Rather Cavaliers, and my name is Relly. And today, we're going to be talking about some rumors some trade rumors, really, some free agency rumors. But before we get into everything at hand, right, I need you to do me a favor I need you to go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, anywhere you can get some podcasts and follow us. On that's rather cavaliers, man. We're on every podcast service you can find, man. We on every podcast service, right? You know what I mean? And if you forgot what our name is, it's that's rather cavaliers. But like I said, I promise y'all some content. I promise y'all some content because I really wanted to talk about this because it was a player that they believe they believe that the Cleveland Cavaliers may I and honestly, this is a player I love. This is a player is one of my favorite players. Um, of all time, honestly, um, I have a list. I don't, don't mark, don't, don't kill me too bad. But this player was a, a point guard that I had all his Reebok shoes. When he went to Adidas, I got his signature shoes there. Uh, and you say, who is that? It's John Disley Wall. It's John Wall. <laughs> they rumored that John Wall might very well look at and might have some interest by the Cleveland Cavaliers now. The Cleveland Cavaliers would be an intriguing spot for him. Um, I do think we are a little thin at the guard position right now. Now that Rubio's down, they might look for a facilitator. John Wall is somebody who's not only a facilitator, he's a slasher, and he got that dog in him. So that would be something that would help us with the mentality part. But um, the, it's a lot of other problems that you know we face. He is an injury-prone player. You know, it's hard for me to say that, but unfortunately, that is what led to him falling for grace in the NBA right now. Um, now, you say, is it necessary to get a player like John Disley Wall? And, you know, you might be asking me, why am I calling him John Disley? That's just something I've always stuck with, right? When I was in middle school, uh, a lot of people know I would say that and they really thought that was his name. and That was just what I would call him. But John Wall is a player I do feel like is a serviceable player. Because, I mean, even if you look at what he did his last season with the Clippers, I mean, he averaged 11 points. Like, it's kind of confusing when certain players can't make teams who's actually producing. Because Carmelo was in the same situation. And there's a lot of other players that's that's I probably can't think of that was in that situation. But you look at it, like, John Wall was doing 11 points, five assists, three rebounds, and he was shooting, his free throw percentage was pretty garbage. I'm looking at it right now, 68% for free throw percentage. Uh, he was getting about two to three free throws a game. And his three-point percentage was about 30%, which is not bad by NBA standards. It's not great. It's just okay. You know what I mean? For a point guard, that's okay. And then his the field goal percentage was about 41% field goal percentage. So that is a serviceable point guard, especially if you're going to bring him off the bench which we were, and, you know, you can pick Karius LeVert at his true position, put him at the two guard, and just have John Wall facilitate the offense. Honestly, he might even give us slightly more production than Rubio in the sense and just because of how he attacks the paint and how he looks to pass the ball, almost kind of like a James Harden in a way because he drives and kicks out, and usually that corner in that wing is wide open. Um, that is something I- I've noticed since he's been in the league and he's pick and roll centric, like he loves the pick and roll, so Jared Allen would be a center, a big man that would love him, Evan Mobley, and he, any type of realistically, any most ninety well, percent of centers you would pick up in free agency love that pick and roll, pick and pops in, uh, scenario, because if you seen when he got the chance to play with Demarcus Cousins in Houston, uh, especially in the uh, well in the time when he was playing Demarcus Cousins in Houston. You notice they ran that a lot. They ran that pick and pop because DeMarcus Cousins was somebody that could flare out and John Wall was a player that, that draws defenders. And even if you just look at his complete stat line, I mean, John Wall was, what, he averaged his career is what, 19 points, four rebounds, nine assists. And which is another reason I just don't understand because even when he was in Houston, he was averaging about 21 points. So it's like John Wall still has it. He still has that motor. He can still play. It's just a matter of are you going to give him playing time. Is he going to stay healthy? It's a lot of different factors in this. I'm going to be honest. There's a lot of different factors when you're talking about a player like John Wall, who is an exceptional talent. And I do believe it is teams that would want to get John Wall. His price is not too high, so you're not going to break the bank. You can honestly probably get him for the veteran minimum. So we're not killing ourselves in terms of getting a player I think this is a a decision that we must make in the Cleveland Cavaliers. I do think that. Like, it's a lot of other players that's out there. You know, you got a Christian Wood. You got a Bismack Biambo. Um, You might want to trade for a P.J. Washington. But you still have enough money to acquire a John Wall. Right? And I think with the Cleveland Cavaliers, they're in a situation where it's a lot of players they do need to look at. They do need to consider. And to say to themselves, like, do that player make sense for the Cleveland Cavaliers, right? And I know I know, Uncle Tay. I know Uncle Tay might look at that and be like, hey, man, because we. I know we talked a little bit about it before I, I truly came out here and said I'm going to talk about John Wall with you guys. But I do believe he's a serviceable player. And when me and Uncle Tay talks, I want to discuss with him because I know he's a little iffy. I know he's probably looking at the injury prone with John Wall. But I do think John Wall is a player that still got – he still got some in the tank. And, you no, know, I need you to excuse me because I, I know I was about to hiccup and cough, all type of stuff. You know, it happens. It's life. But John Wall is a serviceable player. John Wall is a player that has shown throughout his career he can play in the pick and roll. He can play in the pick and pop. He can draw defenders. He can shoot when he's confident. He's very confident in his game. And he's somebody that's not going to get bullied, right? And even if we say, all right, we, we don't even want him for the offensive purposes. That's okay. We just want him for the mentality in the past, and the passing. that's something he does very well. If you've seen him since 2010, 2011, you've seen what his energy looking like. Like, he is a dog, right? You see his training camps, you know, take that how you will. Take that with a grain of salt. He is a phenomenal player in the NBA, and he shows that he has game. John Wall has that type of ability to be the producer that we need him to be, especially when we're playing teams like the New York Knicks, Indiana, Miami. You know, those gritty teams, like those really gritty teams that can actually get inside us and make us feel uncomfortable because let's be real. When we talk about players like John Wall, Patrick Beverly, P.J. Tucker, those tier players, we're getting those because we want them to help us get over the hump on those gritty teams the Milwaukee Bucks would probably be the higher epsilon of those. But, like, Indiana is not a team that you sleep on. Right? Toronto is not a team that you sleep on. New York is not a team that you sleep on. You know? Like, these are the teams we're talking... Sacramento is not a team that you sleep on. These are teams right now that technically from a... Maybe not Sacramento, but all the other teams I've named before are teams that on paper don't look so enticing, but... When you start getting in slug, when you like, you know what I'm saying? When you try to get physical, when you try to get big, when you're trying to be this, when you're trying to be that, then the game changes a little bit because now they're willing to fight for it. Like New York, they're willing to fight for it, Indiana's willing to fight for it, Oklahoma City Thunder, they're willing to fight for it. They got dogs over there, right? They got players that's that's willing to sacrifice their body in order to win games, right? And that that really changes the dynamic from teams as playoff contenders and finals contenders. This is why Denver was able to win a championship. This is why we changed our tune with Boston, because when they traded market smart, we realized they didn't have that guy to help them in tough situations when they play a team like Miami or the Milwaukee Bucks. This is why teams such as the Lakers, when they lost Alex Caruso, We looked at them a little differently because now they're getting pushed around because they don't have a guy like that. This is why New Orleans, we look at them with Jose and be like, hey, they could be some if they get their star talent back because they got a dog. Or Patrick Beverly, this is why we take certain teams more serious because Patrick Beverly is going to, he's going to be at, like, look at Minnesota when they made that run with Pat Bethel. It's goofy that, you know, they did all that, you know what I'm saying, in hindsight, but let's be real, like, It was a lot of teams in that Western Conference that was probably taking them a lot more serious because of what Patrick Beverly was saying to them. Shoot, it's a lot of fans that probably took them a lot more serious because of the stuff Patrick Beverly was saying to them. And I think this is the the stuff that makes the difference. And this is kind of why I look at John Wall and say, Hey, if the rumors is true, why wouldn't I sit there and say I want a player like that? You know what I mean? Like, and then I'm even looking at his post, his post, uh, post averages. Right, I'm looking at his playoff appearance in 2017, 2018. He was averaging 26 points. Two steals. One block. 12 assists. Six rebounds. Like, John Wall has, I mean, for, for, to be a, to be safe or just, just being real technical, just he's always been a versatile point guard because he can defend, he can score, he's a slasher, he will shoot. He's not the best at shooting, unless, because even that season, in the postseason, he shot 19%, which is completely underwhelming for a point guard. I'm going to be honest, I, I love John Wall as a player, but that is, I got to be truthful. But John Wall is not going to give up. And then even the playoff before that... Just peeped this. He was averaging 27 points, 2 steals, 1.7 if you really want to be exact, 1.2 blocks, 10 assists, 3.7 rebounds. And this year, he was shooting 84% from free throw percentage, and he was shooting about 34% three-point percentage, 45% field goal percentage. John Wall is a player that can be versatile. He's a defender. He's getting boards. He's getting you the ball. He's running plays. He's coming offenses down. The only reason we just don't give John Wall a lot of respect because he really didn't play with a lot of talented players. Like, I know we say he played with Bradley Beal, but he didn't play with the Bradley Beal we see today. He just didn't. Like, he was playing with Otto Porter that was a cluck. He was playing with Kelly Uber that was a cluck man. You know what I mean? Like, he was playing with a lot of clucks. And then when he, by the time he got to play with, like, studs, he just didn't get the time to play with them. Like, and and I, a lot of players like this, and this was probably another pile for another day, but you got to look at it. Like, you got to look at for what the details is actually given. Especially if you watch these games, because a lot of these games I actually got, I watched, Because John Wall was my guy. I had his signature shoes. I watch a lot of footage, honestly. And I, I, I know I got to watch a lot of footage on the old school basketball. I know Uncle Tate is telling me to do that, and I'm getting on it. But when we talk about content today, when we talk about this, this modern-day basketball, when we talk about this 2000 basketball, when we talk about the 10 basketball, 2010 basketball, when we talk about this 2020 basketball, John Wall is a serviceable player in this era. He was a serviceable player 10 years ago, and he's a serviceable player now. Honestly, he's probably more serviceable now just because it is so hard to find a accurate and less demanding player like John Wall. Especially when you have a player that can go off any game for 15 assists every night. And then on the other end, not even score He can get you 10 decent points. He can give you 10 and 15, 10-15, 2 blocks, and 2 steals easily as a point guard. You know what I mean? Like, these are the players I think we do need to try to look at. Uh, if we do get John Wall, I will be the first to get a jersey. I have to. If you if you if you want to show love to Riley Hall on That's Rather Cavaliers, you can go ahead and spot me a jersey. You know what I'm saying? I'll love you forever. <laughs> But we do need to be looking at players like this. I do believe he is a player we should look at. I'm interested. And I think he would be the most favorable because he's the cheapest. And we still would have opportunity to get other players. But I do know the Cleveland Cavaliers is in a little sticky situation just because it is a lot of players right now. Just in our G League alone, we have to make the decision. Who's we going to call up? Who's going to be in a final rotation? Who's going to be the Hoopers, And I think we're going to start finalizing that as we get to the – as we get to the preseason. And we got a lot of time before that happens. But we really need to start buckling down and decide who's that guy because I think John Wall could be one of them targets. I think Sam Merrill too. But like I said, it'd be another pod for another day. But I need y'all to do me a favor, man. I need you to do me a favor. I need you to go to uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio. To be honest, anywhere you can get some podcasts, And I need you to go ahead and type in, that's rather Cavalier. Because we got amazing content, dude. Like Uncle Tate, Big G, like we got a lot of people making and creating some amazing content. We're talking Cavs, we're talking sports, we're talking basketball, we're talking anything. Right? We got a lot of content for you. If you like Pittsburgh content, they got you. If you want Cavs content, we got you. If you want to talk football, they got you. You know what I mean? I might not be too big on football. I'm going to start watching it. But y'all need to tap in. We got a lot of content here on That's Rather Cavaliers. Know it all podcast. We got a lot of stuff. And even if you want to go to my channel on High Hand or Relly Hall, on YouTube. You can find us. We got a lot of content for you. But like I said, I need y'all to do me a huge favor. I need you to go over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, shoot, even probably Pandora. I'm not even going to fake it to you. And type in That's Rather Cavaliers for more amazing content. But like I said, we'll see you another time. And when we do, you know what we're talking about. That's Rather Cavaliers.